Hello, and welcome to Wenatchee in the Word, a podcast ministry of Ridgepoint Baptist Church. Our purpose is to help each one of us grow more in love with God by studying and meditating on His Word. We're glad you joined us today. Now, let's see what the Bible has to say. Hey friends, welcome back to Wenatchee in the Word. Yes, welcome back. We are going to continue in Judges chapter number three. And and today is probably one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It is your favorite story. I don't it's know your why. favorite story to tell, at least. It's probably my second favorite story to tell. Oh, what's your first? Oh, uh, my first story would be Alter Alter and the shriveled hand and the guy dying with the donkey and the lion right next to him each other because there's so much craziness oh it's just in that story if you've never read that story you got to see me sometime i'll I'll show it to you in the bible it's one of my it's probably my favorite story this one is a close second it might be tied for first it's just that good and as we unpack it you'll know why so let's let's dive in starting in verse 12 okay judges chapter 3 if you have your bible if you're able to you're not driving or anything like that open your bible read along with us judges chapter number three in verse number 12, it says this, those words. And the children of <laughs> Israel did evil again, again in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord strengthened Eglon, the king of Moab, against Israel, because they had done evil in the sight of the Lord. And he gathered unto him the children of Ammon and Amalek, and went and smote Israel and possessed the city of palm trees. So the children of Israel served Eglon, the king of Moab, 18 years years man that they really didn't learn they their lesson from last time they did eight years serving the other king and now they're like oh we could go another 10 <laughs> before they cry out to the lord <laughs> before being like okay this is a mistake so eglon not only though is just of over one one people group it, it says he was the king of the moab the of moab of the moabites but it says he also got the people of Ammon and Amalek to come against and to fight against Israel and to take over one of the main cities. And then that's what made Israel have to serve them for serve him for 18 years. Well, 18 years was apparently the breaking point because then it tells us in the next verse, the cycle we see continue. The children of Israel cried unto the Lord and the Lord raised them up a deliverer, Ehud the son of Gera, a Benjamite, a man left-handed, and by him the children of Israel sent a present unto Eglon, the king of Moab. So we're introduced to, first of all, Eglon. Eglon is the the Moabite king. He's the king of Moab. And um, it, it tells us in a few verses a little bit about Eglon, so I, I won't give that away yet. But we, then we're also introduced to the judge that God raises up. His name is Ehud. And in that verse I just read, it tells us a very specific thing about Ehud. What was that? That he was left-handed. Now, I want you to hold on to that information because it's going to come in handy in just a little bit when he meets up with this king named Eglon. Okay? It tells us this, that the children of Israel sent a present unto Eglon, the king of Moab, by Ehud. So he's told... he's the person who's going to hold a gift, take it to Eglon. Maybe it's Eglon's birthday. Maybe it's like a yearly thing. They're supposed to, because they're in servitude to him, uh, take 
a gift every year. We don't know necessarily why, but for some reason, Ehud is the one given the the task of doing so, right? And then it tells us, but Ehud made him a dagger which had two edges of a cubit length, and he did gird it under his raiment upon his right thigh. So it's, it's telling us more specifics, and I, I think there's a, a reason that it's telling us the specifics, but it tells us that he, he, gives, he makes a dagger. It's sharp on both ends. Okay, it's a very good dagger. It's a cubit length. That's about the length of your forearm. Okay, so not quite as long as a sword, but uh, also not like the kind of little bitty na- knife that we think about maybe in the kitchen, a little bit in between that. But it tells us that he put it under his raiment, under his uh, garment on his right thigh. Now, why do you think it was on his right thigh? Well, because when you gr- when I picture someone grabbing a sword, they grab it from the opposite side that they are. So your right hand would grab from your left side. So if you're left-handed, you're going to grab from the opposite side. Yeah, normally you put your sheath um, for your sword on the opposite side of whatever hand you are. So if he's left-handed, he's going to be have it on his right side, and he has it hidden right there on his right thigh. And it says this, He brought the present unto Eglon, king of Moab. And Eglon was a, what does it say? A very fat man. A very... That's why you like this story. Fat (laughs) man. man. Mm -hmm. How fat was he? Well, we're about to find out. He was pretty fat. He, oh, I love the story. It's just so good. If you have an imagination like me and you, you read the words, Eglon was a very fat man. I'm talking rolls upon rolls upon rolls. You're talking about a man that has to have multiple people move him. Probably. Yes. <laughs> Seems like he's that fat. Like I don't know. I don't know how high advanced they were when wheelchairs were invented, but I'm sure they had some kind of mechanism, right, to help this guy move around. They, it, either that, or it took him a long time to get from point A to point B. Uh, but very, very fat man. And it says this. When he, talking about Ehud, had made an end to offer the present, he sent away the people that bear the present. But he himself turned again from the quarries that were by Gilgal and said, I have a secret errand unto thee, O king, who said, Keep silence. And all that stood by him went out from him. That was on the king. He sent everybody out. Like, yeah, the, he, this is playing out perfectly. Not a very smart guy for Ian. But think about this, okay? We know he has a dagger. It's on his right side. We know now he's turned back to the king after giving him the present, and said, "Hey, I got a secret to tell you." And the king's like, "Okay." I want to know a secret. Everyone out of here, and gets no, everyone out of the room. To know the secret. Yeah. So, uh, he still has the dagger, and we know that because of what happens in a couple of uh, verses. How does he still have a dagger before a king of a nation? Oh yeah, you need to back up for a second, huh? So I think about this. Okay, left-handers even today are. They say left-handed people are only about 10% of all people. Most 90% of people are right-handed, okay? Maybe back then it was even less so. We don't, you know, I can't be dogmatic about that. But even if it's just 10%, it's rare that 
you have a left-handed person, especially probably someone who's trained left-handed for battle, right? Yeah. So he probably went through some kind of shakedown before going in. I mean, if, if you're, you're just allowing anyone come into your king, you're probably not very good bodyguards. Yeah. So they probably did some kind of shakedown, but most likely they just assumed because the majority of people are right-handed, they assumed that if he had a weapon, it would be on his left side. So maybe they didn't even shake down his right side and pat him down there. They just did it on his left side. Who knows? It doesn't tell us that, but at somehow he got a dagger in here, okay? Got inside with a dagger, and it tells us this. I don't think it was somehow. I think this was God's plan. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. And... It tells us in verse 20, Ehud came unto him, and he was sitting in a summer parlor, which he had for himself alone. And Ehud said, I have a message from God unto thee. And he arose out of his seat. Think of this, have the imagination, the biggest, excuse me, the biggest imagination you can of what's happening right now. He's in this, he's in this seat, okay? Next to a big fat king. Uh, I love this. I just picture it, okay? <laughs> I and know, that's he, why you won't let me read anything because <laughs> you want to read the story. <laughs> exactly. He stands up and he says, I have, a, I have a message from God. And Ehud put forth his left hand, took the dagger from his right thigh, thrust it into his belly. That's a pretty cool message. <laughs> oh, here's the message from God. <laughs> right into his fat belly. You haven't got to the best part. Oh, uh, and the haft. Here, you read this. I'll let you read some. And the haft also went in after the blade, and the fat closed upon the blade, so that he could not draw the dagger out of his belly. Okay, wait a second. Wait, that is wait. fat. That is like <laughs> real fat. I'm telling you, that is like fat, fat. That's like the fact that you put a, a dagger about, I mean, just take out your forearm right there. That's okay. a big, that's a big dagger. Okay. And the fat enveloped that huge dagger inside to where he couldn't pull it out of the belly. Next part. I bet he was like, get my hand out of here. (laughs) So gross. Like, you can keep it. Okay. Mm, Yeah, I'm good. As if it wasn't gross enough. It gets grosser. Says the dirt came out. You want to tell tell the listeners what, what that means, babe? And well, it doesn't mean that dirt actually literally came out of his stomach. We're talking about a different kind of dirt. He pooped himself. <laughs> this is why you like this story. I love this story. Okay, <laughs> so he poops himself. Uh, it tells us that he gets stabbed. It hit most likely somewhere in the intestinal area. Either that or just scared Eglon so bad that he just... I mean, whatever happened, poop just everywhere. Either way, it was poop. It was not dirt. (laughs) This is how we know that from another thing that's about to take place, too. Okay. But it says this Ehud went forth through the porch, shut the doors of the parlor upon him, and locked them. So he locks Eglon here on the ground, poop everywhere, blood everywhere, okay, and leaves, escapes. When he was gone out, his servants came, okay, and so the servants of Eglon, and it says, that uh, when they saw the parlor doors were locked, they said, surely he covereth his feet in his summer chamber. That's old English speak for he's going to the bathroom. (laughs) So most likely they came to the door, they realized it was locked, 
and they smelled something a little funky. I think you're taking some liberty here, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah, probably. Okay, but to know that poop came out (laughs) and then they to come and say, you know what? Uh, I think he's going to the bathroom. Yeah. They probably smelled something. Okay. Probably. And it says they stayed there. Verse 25. They tarried till they were ashamed. Okay. It was probably like at least an hour. Okay. Think about this. For them to be embarrassed for Eglon. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Man, it's really taking this guy a long time to go to the bathroom. And he hasn't opened the doors yet. So it says they took a key. You think they would have knocked first? Yeah, this guy needs help, though. (laughs) So let's let's get him a key. (laughs) So they took a key, opened the doors, and behold, their Lord was fallen down dead on the earth. Well, yeah, you leave a guy bleeding out, you know, that long, <laughs> he's going to be dead. And it says, and Ehud escaped while they tarried, while they were waiting for what they thought was their king going to the bathroom. Ehud left and escaped all long, far past the quarries and escaped unto Sirath. And it says, it came to pass when he was come that he blew a trumpet in the mountain of Ephraim and the children of Israel went down with him from the mount, and he went before them. And he said unto them, Follow after me, for the Lord hath delivered your enemies, the Moabites, into your hands. And they went down after him, and took the fords of Jordan toward Moab, and suffered not a man to pass over. And they slew of Moab at that time about ten thousand men, all lusty and all men of valor, and there escaped not a man. So Moab was subdued that day under the hand of Israel, and the land had rest four score years. That's That's awesome. pretty legit. So he escapes. He gets reinforcements. He says, God has delivered the Moabites in our hand. Run down. And he goes, and they take out 10,000 of the biggest and and uh, and mightiest men of valor of the Moabites, and not one of them escaped, it says, and they had rest after this battle for 80 years. That's awesome. Yep. And all because, all because of a left-handed man. Left-handed man. God can use anybody if he can use a left-handed man. Hey, watch it. I'm left-handed. Well, kind you're kind of kinda ambidextrous. Somewhat. I write with my right hand, but I throw with my left, so I would say I'm no, left-handed. No, no, no. I wouldn't say you're left If you write, everybody says that's what you are. Okay. Whatever you write. Because that's what you do the most. I of, empathize of with some lefties. Sure, sure. But think you about just it this way. claim that you're this Think cool. about it this way. God created him uniquely, I believe, for this very task. A lot of other people wouldn't have been able to get in there with a dagger. A lot of other people probably wouldn't have been able to get away with what he got away with. So, I mean, my takeaway from this story is don't forget that you are uniquely created by God. Mm -hmm. Everything about you is created that way on purpose, for a purpose. And so don't, don't look at what might be weird about you or might be different about you. Maybe... You know, there's a little bit of speculation, but maybe if left-handers were rare, maybe they were kind of looked down upon in society, especially in war times. Uh, you know, no one else was left-handed, really. How are we going to train this guy? Because <laughs> he's not right-handed. And so you never know, but uh, but to to Ehud, this may have seemed like 
a shortcoming. And yet it was the very thing that helped him to get away with this great victory. Yeah, it reminds me of um, the story of Amy Carmichael, who she was a missionary to quite a few different places. But um, when she was little, she had always wanted blue eyes and she'd ask God for blue eyes and God didn't give her blue eyes. But she later in her <laughs> life was able to use her brown eyes to her advantage and she disguised herself as a, a Hindu and was able to um, get into the temple and um, reach temple girls. And she wouldn't have been able to do that if she had had blue eyes. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Just to think that, uh, you know, each and every one of us are made unique. We have different gifts, we have different abilities, and we have, uh, you know, different features. And yet God makes no mistakes. He has made every single one of us on purpose, with a purpose, in the way that he has. And so don't let those things be our excuses for why we can't be used of God. Yeah. Those might be the very things God wants to use because he's created us with that. Yeah. And we'll never know if we just complain about the, th- the way God made us and instead try to use the abilities that's got, that God has given us to serve him and to tell others about him. Yeah, so what, uh, what may be in your life and in my life are we thinking is something we wish was different but that God might actually be able to use for his purposes to fulfill his purposes for our lives? It's going to be different for every single one of us, but isn't it amazing to see that he did just that, used something that was unique about Ehud to help him deliver the children of Israel out of the hand of this terrible, fat king. (laughs) What a wonderful story. Well, we'll end it there today, and uh, we'll pick it up in the next episode. Have a good day. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and subscribe to it or share it with your friends. You can hit that share button or take a screenshot and share it on your social media. And if you're from the Wenatchee area, we'd love to see you at Ridgepoint sometime. Find out more about our ministry at WenatcheeChurch.com. Thanks again for listening. God bless.